Hello and welcome to the Green Bar Podcast. Uh, tonight I am joined by a Hamian regular in Dan Crawford. How are you feeling tonight, Dan, after that performance earlier on today? Well, I mean, you know, I've taken it in my usual uh, stride and and I'm not particularly affected by what's going on, to be honest. No, I'm absolutely delighted, Alan. I mean, what a stupid question to start with. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing brilliant. I'm doing cartwheels. <laughs> be careful, Dan. You, they're quite dangerous, those things. Um, yeah, just uh, after the negative comments from both of us, especially me, on Thursday, I, it was nice to walk away from there today with a, a point. And it was a well-deserved point as well. Um, but I just want to say I'm also joined by uh, Hammy and future regular, I suppose is the best thing to say. He had a brief uh, experience uh, before the Man City game. Is my son, Freddie. How are you doing, Freddie? Good. Did you enjoy today? Yes. Good, good. Right, Dan, 50 second, 57 seconds, I think it was. Pereira puts us 1-0 up. It's a great way to start the game, isn't it? I'm just going to say, I do admire your... Um, it's great to have our youngest participant on the podcast. I do admire you trying to pension me off. Um, <laughs> I'm easily the oldest person who regularly appears on this podcast. And now you're, you're bringing the youth team in early. I know that's what Marco has to do on the pitch because we haven't signed any players, but he's putting me we're under... Just following, yeah, we're following in Marco's footsteps. You're putting me under real pressure here. Um, <laughs> it was a great way to start the game, but I did think we'd scored a bit early. Um, two, two things about this. Number one, Arsenal have signed the goalkeeper from down the road. And as I look out of my window, I can see the Wembley Arch um, from, from my window. And I did admire that Aaron Ramsdale's reaction to the arrival of David Raya was to do his best rare impression immediately. It, it was it was excellent. And <laughs> you know, Andreas just showed, just said to Joe Bryan, well, whatever you can do, Joe, I can do better. Uh, and it was a great little finish. Um, the Sky Punditry team seemed to suggest that it was a mishit and that he didn't mean to do that and he got lucky. Um and that seems to have been shared around on, on, on the socials. It was a great goal, Al. What do you think? It was brilliant. He saw Ramsdale running back and, you know, he, he done what Ramsdale weren't expecting and that was put it to his right-hand side rather than his left where there was more space to put the ball. It was a, a great start, a start which we needed to get something out of the game from. Um, and, yeah, it was... You sort of just sitting down, just getting ready to to see the game ahead, and then before you know it, we're one 0 up. But yeah, it's a great way to start the game, um, and yeah, it was just brilliant. It was a great I'll finish. Gather, I'll gather you, it certainly wasn't lucky. In the in the limbs, you spotted somebody who perhaps shouldn't have been celebrating. Um, are we allowed to? Uh, are you allowed to elaborate on who was in the away end? Within yes, injury. so it, it was uh, Rory Burns, the uh, Surrey opener. Um, Surrey, in was in a, Surrey in England opener. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Rory Burns, a uh, Fulham fan, well-known Fulham fan, was wearing a, a foot brace. Um, so hopefully he's not out for too long. Um, 
but yeah, it was good to see someone outside of football there that you know we watch regularly. Dan, um, but yeah, great start to great start to to the game. Freddie, I'm going to ask you, how did uh, what did you make of Andreas's goal? Um, it was a good goal. Um, Ramsdale, he should have done better, but it was a good finish. Mm-hmm. And if Ramsdale wasn't in his position, he he would have um squared it. So it was a good goal, but Arsenal should have done better. They should have. I agree. Well, so um, it was a second four pass, wasn't it? Well, I was going to say, there's a couple of things there. Freddie, Freddie's picked up on it. I, I do like the idea that um, he's right, actually. There were other people in forward positions. You know, yeah. Um, but Saka plays the ball thinking there's going to be a right back behind him. But unfortunately for Saka, he's forgotten that Mikel Arteta had decided to play Thomas Partey at right back. <laughs> Perhaps one of the the most baffling decision since Felix McGath decided Dan Byrne was a right back. Um, <laughs> McGath was half right, though. Well, he was half right. I'm He's not going to give any credit. I know, right we have to be, <laughs> I know we have to be professional and nice. There's nothing that Felix McGath was right, half right about ever. I'm not having that. <laughs> Sorry. Move on to the next question, please. Well, um, one thing I, I would say is, just a question. Would Pereira have um, come under some criticism if he doesn't score that score from that shot, considering Jimenez was in a very good position to be sort of passed into? Um, or am I being hypercritical here? Oh, we'd have got absolute pelters, surely. <laughs> from, the, from the players. Never, yeah, but he was never going to miss. It was, it was a wonderful bit of improvisation because I don't think he even looks at the... Um, he doesn't look up as he's striking the ball. He's looking at... Mm. Um, he, sorry, he's not looking at the ball as he strikes the ball. He's looking at the goal at the far post. And that's why Ramsdale is scrambling across his goal to get in a more natural position. Because he's, you know, he's so far off his line. It, 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 I mean, that, that's just madness. Um, yeah. he, he, but he's not far enough off his line to mop up as a sweeper keeper as he should have been. So, I don't know where he was. He's in no man's land. It's like, it's like he's just wandered off into the middle of the sea and having gone for a walk on the beach. <laughs> Completely. In his defence, in his defence, though, he probably wasn't expecting Saka to lose the ball uh, like not, he did. I expect the unexpected, mate. If you're a goalkeeper, you're mad anyway because why would you want to be a goalkeeper? So you've got yeah, to expect the unexpected. Yeah, and it's obviously going to do him no favours where he knows... David Ray is a sweeper-keeper. He's a very good sweeper-keeper. He's very um, good. Oh, I will have nothing said against David Ray. He's the best goalkeeper the world has ever seen. I did appreciate Can you do me a favour, though, Dan? Can you look outside your window and see if he's still diving at Wembley? I think so. We need to put the video up. You know the video <laughs> I'm, referring, I'm referring to. <laughs> Play that fucking It will make video. an appearance. It will make an appearance very soon, no doubt. This but... Is- um. Go on. Yeah, this evening, we need to get a roll that video. <laughs> All right, we'll find it and we'll put it out tonight. Very good. Um, but I suppose the rest of the the next forty five minutes, what did you make of it? Because I thought we were fairly comfortable. I thought Tete had a great game against Martinelli. 
I thought Robinson did well defensively against Saka. I know he lost the ball a few times, but I didn't actually feel like, yes, they had a lot of the ball, but they weren't really doing much with it. What are your thoughts on that? I thought we could have scored more. Mm. Um, we may get onto it, but I'll just give a brief, Tracy. Um, have you ever seen anything like what Raul Jimenez tried to do? Um, <laughs> sort of reverse Rabona overhead kick um, of his wrong foot. And it nearly went in. I mean, oh, I was just in shock. I was like, did that really happen? Or have I sort of inhaled some magic mushrooms? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Am I, did, I, did that really... Freddie, tell me that really happened. I still don't think <laughs> it. Did it happen, Freddie? Yes. Yeah. What did you think about what? that? That was amazing, wasn't it? It looked like it was going in, but it just edged the post. It just went wide, didn't yeah. it? What can, what can we call this Still, shot? I mean, do we you call it the him in the playground, Freddie? Like, I can't even get my legs into that position. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we scored a few goals like that in the playground, Dan. Yeah, well, sign him up. I mean, never mind having him on the podcast. We'll put him up front against uh, the Spurs <laughs> on Tuesday if he scores goals like that in the playground. Uh, well, there's, there's, there's a space now. Stansfield's gone to, to Birmingham. And as we spoke about on Thursday, we did give him a shout out and said he hoped he does well. It was good to see him score on his debut today uh, against Plymouth, who's uh, Exeter's rivals, who I've been told has been he was getting a lot of grief from. Yeah, on the Plymouth yes. so for him Not to come on and um, exactly, and he likes come on and score the winner. At, he likes scoring at St Andrews, and there's a lovely he after he scores. He actually leads the Birmingham City chant of "Who are you? Who are you? Who are you?" Uh, turns to the tilting end and uh, and and leads the chant, and it's a great goal for those who haven't um, seen it. Just getting back to the point which we were in the middle of discussing. Jimenez also nearly scored with a lovely little curler off his right side. Um, yep. Harry Wilson had a couple of chances. And I wasn't really worried. But then if Arsenal, rather like if Everton had played Dalvik, uh, Dalvik, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. <laughs> a new signing for Everton. I'm sure they'd love that, Dan. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we're going to invent centre-forwards that we could do with one. Um, <laughs> if Everton had Dal- Dominic Calvert-Lewin, in the first game, they'd have been sort of 4-1 up at half-time, 4-0 up at half-time. If Arteta had played Nketiah as a centre-forward from the start rather than uh, Trossard, I think Arsenal would have scored in the first half. And Saka missed probably one of the easiest headers I've ever seen, heading it down into the ground and over the bar. Leno makes two good saves. But we were carrying, t- we were carrying a threat. I wasn't worried... But if they had a natural number nine leading the line, I think hmm. they might have scored a goal quicker than they did. That's all I'm saying. Just just touching on that header that got hit, was it Saka that headed it down into the ground? Hmm. And it was Leno that... did it, go, it went over the bar, didn't it? Yeah. It went over the bar, if yeah. You, if you watch that back and me and, me and Freddie were sitting there and we, we noticed it, Robinson was done brilliant. The ball came yes. in. Yes. And he actually gave... I don't know who it was in front of him. Part I don't know who it was. He nudged one of their attackers in the back, which meant that the attacker just missed it. Steady on. Um, BAO will be on an award of retrospective penalty. Steady on. 
we'll get into those officials. Don't worry about that. We've got oh, plenty of time left in the podcast. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I thought Robinson did brilliantly there. And it's the little things which I think a lot of football fans, we fail to notice. Um, but I just want to give him a shout out for that because I thought he was brilliant today. And Diop had an um, excellent game. We slaughtered Diop. Uh, people did. Diop was outstanding. And the only other one, yeah. there's one where Martinelli has a shot or a header. I think it's a shot. And Jimenez blocks it immediately, yes. straight away from the corner. And it's a great block. And then he goes charging after Saka and he gets booked for diving into Saka. And that's a it was, Yeah, it was a dodgy tackle though, wasn't it? It, uh, it was, but I don't mind it. You know, I'm like, that's what you want to see from your centre forward fighting to, you know, he puts his head in there where, which yeah. is not, which is not, you know, can't be sniffed at given what Raul Jimenez has been through on that football ground. There's no, and that end as well. Plenty of bravery from him today and plenty of effort and endeavour. And it typified what we did. You know, I thought Lukic was outstanding for 60 minutes before he went off. Lukic was brilliant today. Mm. And uh, all of them worked really hard. So yeah. no, I wasn't unduly worried. I just wanted another... We, we said at half-time, didn't we? We need another goal. We've got to try and get another goal somehow. We did. Because you're always but... going to be uncomfortable at 1-0, especially if you support Fulham. <laughs> Tell me about it. But even still, second half kicks off. And, you know, we, our counter-attacks are, are proving decent going forward. Again, I still didn't feel... We were under too much threat. Yes, they were passing the ball sideways out to Martinelli, who's probably the biggest one-trick pony in the Premier League. Uh, Tete, especially in the first half, every time the ball came over to Martinelli, Tete was just like, well, try and get past me. But he couldn't. He he got the ball and he went out again. Got the ball, went out. But then we have to touch on it. The penalty, uh, it was a penalty, wasn't it? That's just no complaints about that, isn't it? I mean, the thing that we have to touch on is obviously Enketia uh, came on at half time, and then between yeah. so at the start of the second half, Odegaard tried to score goals by himself, but we had a chance where Bobby's very unlucky. Shout out to Bobby Decklodovery, given the captain's armband. You know what a man he is. There he was. Yes. He's, he's he's a yard away or so from making it two 0 with a lovely curler from memory and that would have been mm. lovely and then Arsenal almost responded instantly they put on uh, Zinchenko and shifted White Ben White to right back suddenly they had a bit better balance and they also brought on Fabio Vieira who changed the game because he went and played on that left side where he was saying Martinelli was always looking to come inside and he went and took on Kenny Tete and I was begging him Alan, I was begging him, don't dive in. Don't dive in by the byline. He's not going to do anything there. And he dived yeah. in. It was, a, it was a stupid challenge. Um, it was one that didn't need to be made. And to be fair, it was the first, probably the first time he got beat on the inside. Um, and as soon as he goes to ground, you know full well that's a penalty. Um, and yeah, it was just frustrating. All the hard work we done, we put in as a collective unit, still looking threatening on the counter. And then to give away a penalty when it was it just wasn't needed. Yeah. But it's and then Saka makes it one one. And then you're just like, okay, refocus, five minutes, just keep it one one and we go again. And then in the blink of an eye, yeah. it goes two one. 
None the bus um, in Fulham defence conceding goal. And it come, well, this is it. And it's come from the same side, cross the box, in. Give us your thoughts on that second goal, Dan. Well, I mean, you're asking me, but I mean, you've described the goal. There is something we're going to have to talk about, though, isn't there? Oh, um, there is. Sorry. Yes, that um, the foul on Bassi from Saka. Now, before you do actually make your point, I'm glad you brought that up. It was 30 seconds before the goal went in. Uh, Saka pulled down Bassi. They were claiming the penalty. It was never a penalty. It was a foul the other way. Leno collects it. He releases it. And then they go and score. How on earth does VAR allow that goal to stand? Well, so I don't know what the VAR protocol is because presumably it's not a... It's judged as a... We've had this before where you have a fa- different phases of play. So yeah. I think what they're judging is that that phase of play is finished. And I don't think the VAR is empowered to say, you haven't given up. They're only empowered to look and say, is it a penalty? And because the referee has said, no, it's not a penalty. You don't then stop the game and say, oh, you've got to give a free kick to Fulham because Leno had the ball. But none of that is actually in question. It's the fact that, Bassi is recovering from a serious injury or an injury mm. by lying two yards from the goal. On the pitch. Yeah, he's playing well, everyone on side. He's playing everybody on side, yeah. Now, initially I was quite scathing of Issa Diop's positioning because surely you've got to see the bloke coming behind you and getting in front of you and be aware. Um, but in fairness, he's trying to cover two positions at once. And it's a great ball. And that's what I mean about Nketiah being in the team. But the thing that's absurd about this is he doesn't stop the game because he doesn't think it's a head injury. How does he know it's not a head injury? He hasn't gone over and spoken to Bassey, right? Mm. And then under the new rules, he then, even though it's not a head injury or serious enough to stop the game, he tells Bassi he has to go off the field before we even kicked off. Doesn't allow him on for 90 seconds. And I'll tell you what, you know it's a bad decision when Marek Rodak sprints out of the dugout and he's almost on the pitch. <laughs> um, and he gets a yellow card. Well done, Marek Rodak. I've never heard of a goalkeeper. Hasn't played a minute getting booked. Um, and of course, Marco gets a yellow card and he's now suspended. Mm. For the uh, for the Tottenham game, isn't he? He can't be on the touchline because he's had three yellow cards. I'll come back <laughs> to it. I mean, that's just mad, mad madness. Yellow cards being, you know, we've got more cards than Clinton's um, being waved in our general <laughs> direction. It's uh, not like they're closed down now, isn't they? they? Oh dear. Well, <laughs> other card factories are available. There is a place called Card Factory, isn't there? I'm not sure we're meant to be advertising all these people. I'll stop now, Alan. Take some control of this podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the thing is, you go from one nil up. Not, I wouldn't say we were comfortable, but we were well worth a one nil lead, in my opinion. Um, to go two one down in the uh, in the blink of an eye, pretty much. I'm gonna be honest. I was then thinking this could be three or four. Oh yeah, uh, especially when. Bassi gets sent off, which is what you're coming to next, isn't it? For a second yellow. Well, Now, the first yellow was criminal. It was never a yellow card. Um, and Marco Silva, actually, 
he I don't know if you've seen it, but he does a, a two minute rant. Yes, uh, it's, I'm going to read it out. Really. I've got it here. I'm going to read got it, it there. Please read it out for people who haven't uh, for people who haven't seen it. Um, Mark, hold on. I've just got to. Uh, I said I've got it, and I haven't got it. So give me one moment. Just uh, while you're looking for that, Freddie. So when it goes two one, what are you what are you thinking? You thinking this could be three or four, or do you, were you still fairly confident we can get back in the game before Bassie gets sent off? Of course. Um. Well, it's a tough because Arsenal were good at that point, but we it shouldn't have. The first goal should not have standed. The second goal. The oh, second goal. Yeah. Um. It should have. Well, we should have been um, scoring. We should have had more chances than Arsenal because in the in the in the first like ten minutes or twenty, mm. we were at the better side. We were doing well, weren't we? Yeah. So if we it, we should have won it, but yeah, we could have. Yeah. Um it was just frustrating that. You know, we were sitting together and we'd done so well. And then, as we said, in the blink of an eye, it goes from 1-0 up to 2-1 down. And Fulham Fulham in the past, um, probably before your time, would have just caved in. And it then would have been 3-4 or 5. But under Silva, we, we, we show a different... We've shown a different side to us. We can hang in there. We're a bit grittier. We're a bit more hungrier. Um and Dan, before you read out Silver's statement, we mentioned it on Thursday about the the tenacious, the impact that Paulinho has on us. You could see the difference, couldn't you? Oh yeah, just by him I, being in. I mean, I mean, even before we get to his really pivotal moment, two things I want to mention. Obviously, he's class, and he absolutely. Yeah. You know, if Declan Rice is worth one hundred and five million pounds, then. Paulini's worth a billion pounds because I didn't, you know, I, I forgot Declan Rice was even there. Um, I know, and uh, that, that, <laughs> that's what we need to say about that. The Someone actually thing... put one. Yeah, sorry, uh, just on that, I actually tweeted that myself earlier, and someone made a good point um, when I said if Rice is worth one hundred and five million, Paulini is worth one hundred and fifty, but then someone put uh, he's, he's actually priceless. And I think to us at this moment in time, I think that's probably the best way to describe it. He's priceless um, because he's he's just so good, um, and we've got to enjoy him whilst he's here. Oh, we're going to be enjoying a bit more of him, I think, um, and he enjoys it quite so. a lot. But the important thing from a tactical point of view is that having him in that natural position means that you see a little a little bit more of what Lukic can offer. Um, yes, a playmaker in that natural role that he plays, rather than him having to be the firefighter. And he was excellent for sixty minutes, and he just ran out of legs. Um, yeah, he's still getting up. He's going to be the unsung hero this season. But him and also Raúl Jiménez, you know, the two of them yeah. coming for quite a bit of criticism. Excellent performances from them today. I've got the uh, silver comments about the. Uh, he says, the first yellow card for Calvin is a joke. Of course, we understand the new circumstances. And that's what he means rules. They are taking all the emotion away from the game because it's going to protect the big clubs. 
because you have to see consistency in the decisions of the referees. For sure, if you play for Fulham or other clubs come here and take 10 to 15 seconds to take a throw in or a goal kick, it will be a yellow card. A player will then always be under pressure because if you make a foul, it will be a second yellow card. And for the other clubs, it is not the same. If you see one of the first throw-ins for Arsenal, Partey on my side of the pitch, he took much more time than Calvin at the goal kick. It was not a yellow card. Why? Because they were losing the game. It is always going to be not the big clubs who suffer more. No one listens to us. We knew this was going to happen. Um, and, uh, well, I think I think Marco's got a touchline ban. I think he might be getting another one, or at least <laughs> playing that. And, you know, since I seem to be paying all the fines of everyone on the green pole, um, I'll probably have to pay this one as well for Marco, because he's absolutely right. He is. But the thing is, it's, it's going to take for someone like Silva, someone outside of the... Uh... I suppose you can't even call them the top four anymore because Newcastle have broken into that um, yeah. that bracket now. But it, he's right; it's not going to help the the smaller clubs like ourselves. Because let's be, let's be clear about this, Al. Obviously, it's not. We know that we've experienced the red card from last week, which is still I'm still not over that. And I, uh, uh, we've been uh, and the referees apologised and the VAR has apologised to Tim Ream. Well, I know what they can do with the apology. I'd quite like Tim Ream to be out there. You know, yeah. we, might have, we might have had a chance of getting back in that game last week if that criminal decision hadn't been given. But there you are. You know, we'll take another apology for this one because let's be clear, it is a second yellow. It is a yellow card for Bassi when he steps across in Ketia like that. And the brilliant thing is Bassi's already walking off. When it, <laughs> he, he really knows. He does a Dennis Sadoy at Wembley. He walks off. And then he turns around and thinks, oh, I better wait and see if he's actually... And, and he gives it. Uh, but it's not a first yellow card. And again, that that's just stupid. But let's turn it into a positive uh, because plenty of people would have been leaving the Emirates after that, thinking it was game over. Um, and you just don't write this Fulham team off because somehow we, 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 you know, we kept on fighting. And it's lovely that Polina is the one who gets the point. Because he adds so much to the team, as you were saying. He does. And I'm not sure what I was more related with. The goal or the celebration. I don't know what it is. I know footballers, they they kiss the badge, they tap the badge. It means nothing to them. But perhaps I'm just in awe of the man. He scores and he runs over to the away fans and straight away he's tapping that badge as if to say, I'm Fulham. And we are the we are the cottages yeah, in his eyes, and I think we should actually change our nickname from the cottages to the cottages purely because Paulinia says so. Well, um, also because there are some <laughs> there are some connotations of the latter word that are not necessarily uh, helpful. Um, <laughs> cottages and cottaging, and maybe that's what Xiao knew. <laughs> He's a very intelligent man. Maybe he knew that, and he was trying to sort of rebrand Fulham Football Club for for a, sort of an era of uh, more equ- where we show equality and diversity and inclusion. And I'm all for that. But the best bit about the celebration, firstly, can I just say, lovely little Teddy Sheringham style corner from Harrison Reed because Pereira had gone off. 
they did a different type of corner and a lovely finish from from Zhao. And you know what? He's learned that you don't hurdle over the barrier and get a yellow card. He's learned that from Nottingham Forest. <laughs> so, and that referee would have probably sent him off if he'd done that. So, you know, a yellow was... card for the jumping into the crowd and a yellow card for time wasting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. Absolutely, my friend. So, I'm, I'm very glad that he didn't do that. Um, but it was lovely to see him. It's brilliant to, for it to be at our end. And actually, in the, if you see the photographs that, that are taken, there's a lot of very loyal Fulham fans who've been up and down the country for hundreds of years. Maybe not. They'll shoot me for that. I'm talking collectively hundreds of years. <laughs> hundreds of years old. There's a number of people I recognise from that in that row and in those shots. And it's great for them to have that moment. Um, yeah. And the, the, the thing is, we whisper it quietly. We could have won. Oh, don't. We'll come on to that. But one before I mention that, I do just want to say just how good that, that, that finish is. If you watch it back, Paulinho has to somehow turn his foot. Nothing turns but his foot. And the connection he gets on it, he couldn't have done anything. Anything else he would have done, he would have missed. But he just somehow manages to guide that ball back right in the corner, and there's nothing that bloke can't do. Um, I'm just waiting for Tony Khan to rename them Riverside Stand as Joao Paulinho Stand. Um, and I think we need to have a discussion whether we change the name of this podcast to the Joao Paulinho Appreciation Podcast. But, you know, there's plenty of time for that. But as you rightly have just pointed out, we possibly, we whisper this, could have won it at the end. Great from Robinson, um, although I think Kenny must take a lot of credit for that because I think Kenny was the one who said, pass it. When he's running through on goal, be honest, Dan, did you have much confidence that he was going to score? Because I know I didn't. Uh, well, I have to be honest, I wasn't in the stadium that, at that point. Um, so I, I've watched it again. Um and it's what the Wolves fans and, and the Middlesbrough fans have told us about Adama Traore. It's what he's in the team for because he, he, he leaves Ben White in a heap of dust on the, you know, I don't know where Ben White was, but he weren't in the same postcode. Um, and he gave him a head start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, beep, beep, you know, Roadrunner is off, you know, something like that. Um, and he gets there. It is a good save from Ramsdale. He makes himself big. And unfortunately, the quality of the connection on the finish doesn't match the speed of the run, but I can forgive him because with a bit more match sharpness, you know, maybe we'll see him on Tuesday. Maybe at the Etihad, he sticks it away. And also, yes, we could have won it, but Burnt Leno, super Burnt Leno in goal, makes a lovely save from uh, from Fabio Vieira, I think it is. And how many minutes of yeah. injury time did we play, by the way? 11. Um, and there was some, where and it was nine. That was uh, minimum of nine. They always say, but there are a couple of corners. Yeah. Um. And, and you know, we we no problem, no drama. I, I'm just delighted we got a point because, you know, yes, we could have won it, but we could have lost it as well. We could have, but with that, that match, would have been very full of if we'd have got back with ten men to two two and lost it in the eleventh minute of nine. <laughs> <laughs> But as you said, the match sharpness thing, if Traore was a bit more streetwise, the moment Ben White slides in, if he just dangles his leg, oh, he gets a penalty. Well, mate, it's all ifs and buts, I know, but 
Maybe, but we don't like people diving in the penalty area, and I'm not certain that the referee would have given it, Alan. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be wearing a red shirt for that kind of thing to happen. Well, any shirt but Fulham, you know. I'm not a a conspiracy theorist, but I don't think we've had the rub of the green so far. We, We haven't, and we don't like slating refs or officials on this podcast because... You know, we don't want to sound bitter or twisted, but as Silver's rightly pointed out, we just want consistency. And the only clubs that are going to get that consistency are the clubs at the top end of the table. We're going to have to be grateful for the time. The English referees are very poor. I said this last season. There's a reason why English referees don't get given the big games anymore and that they only had one representative at the World Cup. It's because the standard of refereeing and decision-making and accountability is not mm. there. I want to see that ref watch, ref support, whatever they're blooming called, who spent months hounding, saying that Alexander Mitrovic should be punished for assaulting another greater Manchester referee, because this was a greater Manchester referee. I want to see them, you know, sort of uh, saying, oh, the standards of refereeing need to go up. Um, where where's the statement? The Premier League, the PGMOL put out a ridiculous statement regarding Mike Dean's comments that said, "Oh, oh. yeah, well, we're not going to get into it because we haven't got long left, and we need no. to be man of the match." Um, we do, and I've got some ideas. I mean, you could give it to anybody, uh, Alan. You could give it to Bobby, uh, who I mm. thought. Had a really good game. Lovely to see him as as the captain. You could give it to Raul Jimenez, who was magnificent. He was brilliant today. Yep. You could give it to Diop. You could, you, as you said, you give it to anyone. Right. Um, but we're going to get Freddie to announce his man of the match and probably Hamien's man of the match. So, Freddie, who was your man of the match today? Well, there was quite a few people. There was... Paulinho, Tete, Leno. But if you had to pick one, who would it be? Paulinho. Yeah, I don't. I don't but, think anyone can disagree with that. Sorry, Fred, I interrupted you. Go on, son. We should have won that three-two. Adama should have ran past the goalkeeper. Yeah. Instead of shot, because he was the one v one against the goalkeeper. If he just turned a little bit. Then he would have had an open goal to score because Ramsdale knew that he would go straight at him. Mm-hmm. So if he went the other way, then he would have then he would have had an open goal and scored. Hmm, that's a good point. It's a good point. I like that. I think we but, should um, copy this podcast to Adama so he knows exactly what to do. Yeah, if you need some advice, I'll get the uh, I'll get Freddie to call him. And Jimenez. Last season, when he was and we had Carlos Vinicius, um, we've because when he was quite bad for us when we had Mitro, he was like a defender. So <laughs> this are. game was like Jimenez was a defender. <laughs> you defend a lot, but Jimenez was brilliant, though, wasn't he today? So Dan, quick round up. How pleased are you for today? I'm excited. And it gives us confidence going into next week, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it gives us confidence. You know, it might even persuade some people to sign on the dotted line. Who knows? One last thing. Freddie, are we going to make any signings before Man City next week? Um, 
I can't see it, but hopefully. <laughs> and on that note, Dan, we will uh we'll call this podcast to an end. Uh, thank you for for joining me tonight, Dan. Uh, it's always good to speak to you. Absolute pleasure, but I think if Jao Panini is the man of the match, the star of this podcast is your magnificent son. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, calls for Freddie to be a regular. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Um, but Freddie, thanks for joining us tonight. And um, we'll have you on again soon, all right? Yes. Uh, come on, you whites. And on to, on to Tuesday where we're in the Carabao Cup, second round at home to, to Tottenham. And we'll be back either tomorrow or Monday with a new podcast previewing that. So have a good weekend and come on, you whites. <laughs>